0: Community And welcome back to another round review on the Dr. Supercoach podcast. I'm joined this week by Pistol. How was your week, mate?
1: Not too bad. In an otherwise terrible scoring week, um, I think I managed to fare a tiny, tiny bit better than most um, scoring 2089. Um, not quite dropping me out of the top 1K, but pushing me down a little bit to 769. How about yourself?
0: it is interesting to note that you're not actually at your home recording studio this week pistol no I'm away in Sydney so
1: apologies for the sound quality I'm sure it's going to be a lot worse given um, I'm using my mobile phone today
0: <laughs> well hopefully it doesn't sound too bad for the listeners um, this week I wasn't too bad I scored 2022 which uh, on paper looks shocking but it only lost me 900 ranks down to 1576 so Um, It seems that a lot of people had similarly terrible weeks uh, to me, so um, just a shocker for everyone, I think, Um, and on that, we'll jump straight into the round recap, because um, we only really want to talk about our teams when we're doing well, Um, and the first game of the week was West Coast Sydney. Um, Were there any notable scores from this one, Pistol?
1: Yeah, there was actually a very big score by Elliot Yo. You may have heard of him before. (laughs) He decided to pop out a 141, and that's backing up a strong performance to start the year. He's now averaging 116.3 across the first four weeks um, with scores of 139, 102, 83, and this 141. He's still priced quite kindly at 476k, what do you think of Elliot Yo? Do you think he'll be a top 10 forward this
0: year? Ah, jeez. I know how much you like Elliot Yo, know, so it's difficult to to speak of him kindly, but he has started the year really well and he's playing such a good position um in such a floating role that he just takes marks everywhere and uses the ball so well. Uh if he keeps this up, he's definitely on my radar considering he actually does have a lucrative buy for forwards. I can tell he's on your radar. How highly do you rate him this year?
1: (laughs) Well, to be fair, he wasn't um, that high on my radar until I realised that going to be in serious strife with the bye structure this year. Um, It's interesting to note that the Saints, Swans and Bulldogs all share the same bye. So you can't quite have a a forward line of Dalhouse, McRae, Buddy, Rewalt, and Steele, for example, because all five of them share the same bye. So... If you're going for overall, you, you definitely can't do that. And in which case, we went through the buy rounds to try and find maybe five more targets that don't fall in the round 11 buy. And to be honest, Elliot Yo is probably one of the best, if not the best, of the rest um, that doesn't have a buy in round 11. So he's certainly come straight to my calculations. And I uh, don't even know if you have to wait much longer to, to jump on him, given he's probably bought himself at least a couple more weeks um, playing in the back line and unless he has a role change near the end of the season i think he's in for a good year
0: this year uh, it's scary to imagine that the once yo 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 could actually have a consistent year um, his teammate's another one that you have to consider that doesn't play that does play in that buy round though and he cracked another ton this week josh kennedy that is um, can you just i know we're talking a lot about yo here early on in a, a round comparison but round review but can you compare um, where those two are on your on your wish list at the moment?
1: Well, I think you need someone from that round twelve buy, and for most people, I think they have to choose between Elliot Yo and um, Josh J Kennedy. Josh J Kennedy is somehow probably the safer option number two, just because his past history and you know he's gonna pretty much win the Coleman again or, or at least be in the top couple and he's going to get those goals. Um, the only thing stopping you from being an elite scorer is his role and his own versatility. Um, it comes to haunt him, but I think he's a bit settled. He looks settled in the back line this year. Obviously, injuries can occur and players get thrown around, but at this stage, I think Elliot Yeo is the higher risk, higher award pick.
0: Yeah, I definitely tend to agree, and it's going to be very interesting when players are starting to upgrade their forward lines um, which way people tend to err on the side of. Um, and there were two teams in this contest, surprisingly enough, and the other one was Sydney. So uh, Josh Kennedy had another big performance. And, geez, those that picked Hanbury over Josh Kennedy thinking he was the um, the faster starter, which is um, formally true, just absolutely kicking themselves early on, Pistol.
1: Yeah, Hanbury put in a 95, which seemed very generous um, watching the game he was pretty much unnoticeable. So I think he finished quite strong and to get 95 is a good result but he does not look like a great premium option at this stage. I think Jake Lloyd probably looks um, a better Sydney option. He's got that defender um, DPP uh, midfield uh, status and at 489K he scored 98 and he's averaging 100 at the moment so he's certainly also somebody to watch.
0: Yeah, he was very high on a lot of people's radars going into the season And then a lot of people, um, like myself actually, chickened out with a day or so to go before the uh, games kicked off. So um, some people really kicking themselves for that one because he started really well and was priced, uh, compared to those like Shaw who started so bad, um, he was priced quite lucratively. Um, And then other players that featured in that game, Franklin didn't really get going at all during the game. And there were some notable rookie performances, um, none that are crazy, none that you'd uh, consider trading in, obviously. And that pretty much caps that game. So West Coast winning that one. Sydney 0-4, which is um, just baffling, really. I, I think I've tipped them all four weeks as well, which is quite annoying, but they'll, they'll get their winning ways back soon. Um, the next game of the round was Bulldogs versus North Melbourne. Um it was interesting to see Bruce finally drop back into that second scoring ruck in the North Melbourne side.
1: Yeah, I'm not quite sure. I, I missed this game, um, so I, I can't quite tell, but looking at their, their hit-out stats, I'm not sure it was Goldstein playing pure number one ruck the whole time, but forgive me if I'm wrong, as, as I didn't, didn't watch it, um, Goldstein. Goldstein had 29 hit to Proust's 17, so it seems like there was still um, a large amount of time of the ruck that was shared between the two of them. Goldstein still, it looked like on paper he had a really good game, but he still managed to only score um, a 96, so I'm not sure what he's going to have to do to crack the ton. I'm not sure either if he's even going to be one of the top two ruck options this year. It's certainly a wait and see. Maybe Proust gets dropped and we get the old Goldstein back and everyone can get him in for a bargain, but... Yeah, he's really hurting those that chose him to start with. I know he's going to drop a lot in price, and it's just a scary risky pick going on for the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, crazy to think that two of the safest selections in Gorn and Goldstein have actually backfired on um, those who picked him earlier. Those who went with the more riskier and the definitely the um, the frowned-upon option of Witt and Sanderlands or Stefan Martin or Grundy, um, those players are actually coming out on top early. It's th- it's only early days, but um, the Goldstein owners definitely have some points to make up. And also notable in that North Melbourne squad, Sean Higgins was down from his usual output, which I'm not sure is even his usual output anymore. Um, two rough games in a row when everyone's traded him in. So if you're the one that cursed him by trading him in two weeks ago after his 130, um, just message the page and I'll send you some abuse. And and then on to the Bulldogs team, Um, it was pretty much the Dow House, Bont and McRae show, which was great for owners, they're very highly owned, Um, anything new about those three? No,
1: not really, it didn't even look like Bont was getting going, um, and he still managed to score 115, so it's kind of going to be a scary year for Bont Bont and Pele, I think, when he finally has those games, those unreal games from start to finish. I think he's going to be looking at some mammoth scores throughout the season or multiple times throughout the season.
0: Yeah, it's quite scary for those who didn't start the year with him. Um, It's even scarier for those who started Trelaw over him um, with a price differential there. Those players are hurting big time, I can guarantee you that because I'm one of them. Um, So it was Bulldogs winning by three points in that one over North Melbourne in a really good game. North Melbourne 0-4 as well. Um, all four results have been um, quite close, so very, very um, sad for North Melbourne fans early on. And then the next game was um, very unpredictable. It was Melbourne-Fremantle, so not a lot in uh, Supercoach terms here for Melbourne. Um, Clayton Oliver backing up his form though, that's just sensational, and Jake Spence managed to crack the ton. Um, interesting for those who rolled the dice on him, or for those who are looking to roll the dice on him, Pistol.
1: To roll the dice, are you suggesting people trade in Jake Spencer?
0: I'm suggesting if he scores a decent score next week, and you might have an underperforming ruckman, he could be an option for some.
1: That would definitely be a very risky option, but I guess we'll have to see how he goes next week. I do want to ask you back on Clayton Oliver. He did he did score another 100 plus score, 112, um, taking his average of to the of the year so far to 115. Do you think? It is possible that he may keep this up and become a keeper.
0: No. I mean, quite simply, not not overly. He um he has started really well and for those who those brave ones that started with him, um especially over O'Mira and Swallow who were um definitely more popular, it's it took a lot of um guts and it's paid off early, but you still have to look at him as what he is, and that's a risky mid price selection. So um, as soon as he pulls out a couple of those lower scores and halts in value you, you got to forget those previous scores and start looking to move him onto um, some premium options that are going to more consistently post um, post the higher ones I mean chances of him continuing this are very very slim in my eyes I, I don't think I'm overlooking him too much or underrating him too much in my pistol
1: Uh, Maybe a a tiny bit. I do think that he can average 100. I'm not sure he'll end up averaging 115 or even 110 plus, which is kind of what you want as a premium midfield option. If you don't have him now at 480k, I would definitely look elsewhere. But uh, um, I think it's possible that he still goes 100 plus this year.
0: Yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised if he did, especially after this cracking start. He's set himself up for a big year. Um, Those who rolled the dice on Viney and those who have Hannon were less disappointed after their games. Um, And in the Fremantle side, it was five posting a ton of 107, which was um, it was good, but he was looking like scoring a a much higher score. So it's surprising considering Fremantle were able to come back and win. And Sandalens pulled out a classic final quarter performance to score over 90 with 91 in that one
1: yeah don't forget cam mccarthy scored 100 so he's finally rewarding those owners that did manage to hold him um through his tough period in the first three weeks um he's only 230k at the moment and is probably going to go up a lot more in price over the next coming weeks um so so well done if you manage to hold him i think lastly it was good to see harley ballock get his second game um that mid-forward 123k rookie ballock scored 73 in very promising signs for the future
0: Yeah, big time. And we'll talk a lot about him later because he seems to be the best uh, downgrade option if you're looking to do so this week. And on to the next game, it was GWS versus Port Adelaide and a back-and-forth game all game um, until that last quarter where GWS really flexed their muscles and broke it open. Um, For the GWS team, uh, I think most notably, um, aside from Kelly and... uh, ward scoring lower than they're expected to ward way lower than he's expected to um it was heath shaw and even toby green um on different sides of the spectrum here shaw got injured and was hobbling for the whole game not sure if he'll play this week um green had pretty well a 50 point quarter in the last to uh, limp to an 84 score what would you think of those two well, Heath Shaw was pretty interesting. He seemed to roll his
1: ankle. Um, it looked very minor, but he was he was hobbling a lot. Um, well, I mean, he always hobbles when he runs, but he was hobbling a lot more than usual. And he actually played in the forward line, um, playing deep forward, like full forward or forward pocket for the, the entirety of the last quarter and even parts of the third. He did get injured in that third quarter and looked like posting a big score. So pretty disappointing that we got robbed of a, a nice Heath Shaw ton, I think. Um, Toby Green, again... It's looking like a solid forward option this year um you're going to get highs and lows with toby green that's pretty much how he goes so
0: yeah toby green would definitely go through his ups and downs i think you know that um selecting him though it was good to see him post a big score in the last um it was interesting on a three-quarter time post someone made a major threat to green um and his family i believe and uh, if he didn't get over 80 points so um, I think he jumped on the Dr. Supercoach at three-quarter time, had a read and uh, realized the urgency of the situation and really picked his score up. Um, and then lastly on the GWS team, it was uh, Tim Taranto who scored a lowly score and we'll talk a lot about him later. Some people already looking to offload, so um, if you didn't make that Taranto to Will Hoskin Elliott trade, you're really kicking yourself at this point, aren't you, Pistol? Yeah, if you held back, um, Hoskin Elliott looks probably
1: 10 points per game better than Toronto at this stage of the season. But, I mean, it is early days, and as you said, we'll talk about it a bit later.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Um, on the port side of thing, it was good to see Jasper Pittard back and posting a decent 90-plus score. Um, for me, he looks like a steady backman option this year. He was last year, um, definitely a POD. But with that round nine buy, it would be good to trade him in afterwards. And really, just ride him through all the three buy rounds. I think he'll be a useful option for a lot of people. Um, Ollie Wine slowed down. He, he um, took a long time to get into this game. I think GWS paid a bit more attention. But the main people to um, note on was Houston scoring another decent score, especially after a um, a good start by him. And um, Power Pepper looked to be tagging all game. Um, he was running with Shield a lot. And um and then floated off onto a couple of other players. He didn't really look like he was trying to win his own ball. Pistol is that concerning? Uh, it is concerning if they're going to use Power Pepper
1: as a tagger for the remainder of the season. But I think he's been a victim of having two very tough fixtures in a row. And hopefully, in the coming game weeks, he'll actually be able to you know play for himself and, and not have to tag. Well, he's hoping anyway, as they do have Carlton and then Brisbane in a row. So. Um,
0: hopefully he'll pop out some you know eighty plus scores in the next fortnight. Yeah, I definitely agree. I don't think it's um, we'll talk a lot more about him later on. But um, I think, like you said, he's just a victim of uh, two very difficult games. Hopefully he doesn't cop that um that rookie rest that coaches have been giving. Um, and we'll move on to the next game, which was Carlton versus Gold Coast. It ended up blowing. It ended up blowing out in the last quarter there, um, with Gold Coast taking it by twenty six points in the end. Um, most notable in this game, I mean, Mark Murphy just keeps on scoring. Can can you go past him, Pistol? Is he going to keep this up?
1: <laughs> He's driving you absolutely mad at the moment, isn't he, JP? Um Every time he scores well, you send me angry messages. Um, it's not my fault, but Mark <laughs> Murphy is seemingly looking like a 110-plus player this year. And if you did hop on him, especially if you managed to hop on him for roughhead um, before the price has changed, then big big, well done if you started with him even better and I don't know I'm, I'm still not sure he goes 110 plus but boy if he pops out a couple more of these big 120 plus scores I'm just going to have to admit defeat and say yep he's uh, certainly going to be a top 10 mid.
0: Yeah he's gone absolutely berserk which is um, it was very unpredictable going in I I reference it a lot but in the preseason when we did our mid prices um, podcast we mentioned Beams and Mark Murphy in the same breath and I kind of laughed off the fact that Murphy was even an option next to Beams, so um, definitely egg on my face with that one. Early days, though, but um, not looking great on the predictions there. Um, Other people in the Carlton squad, um, Doherty just keeps doing Doherty things and tuning up. He looks like he'll definitely be a uh, top two or three defensive option all year. Um, Patrick Cripps wasn't able to um, get out of his funk and Caleb Marchbank still just ticking along very nicely um, No reason to be concerned there
1: No, I think he's just getting the job done You know, popping out low 70s as long as he doesn't have absolute stinkers And he just keeps going this, this mid-range nice solid enough scoring Then we can just leave him on our back line and not have to worry
0: Yeah, no, I definitely agree and he's going to keep making um, cash while scoring decently Which is why we all started him Um, On the Gold Coast side, Tom Lynch was just on another level. He was absolutely insane, but I think very notably in this game, Gary Ablett, in a a decent win, wasn't able to really light it up. Uh, Those that started him with a bit of risk considering his injury history um, didn't expect scoring to be his main concern this early.
1: No, not at all. Uh, He only scored 99 in the victory which isn't amazing. You'd hope that every time Gold Coast win, he's able to post, you know, a 120-plus score. It's not quite the Gary Ablett of old. He's someone to watch, and, and we'll watch him over the coming weeks, given his scoring has improved a little bit in the past fortnight. But, yeah, it's a bit disappointing to not be able to see Gaz pop out those 140-pluses on a regular basis
0: anymore. Yeah, no doubt. It's just strange looking at the um, the end score and not looking to the top and seeing Ablett, but instead, in this game, seeing Brandon Matero. So, um definitely, definitely a bit strange early days. Um, some other really noticeable performance, Bose was able to put together a decent score. Um, Wits on the other hand, didn't really, but 79 is what we expected him to be around um, starting the season anyway. So although he's put together some really good performances early, we can't expect them every single week. So um, we've got to be happy with the big man for that. And I think the most uh, notable talking point out of the game was david swallow only a 46 and he was he was just unsighted I, I was watching the game actively looking i had binoculars on looking at my tv i was looking that hard for him and just could not spot the guy what happened pistol
1: <laughs> i can't tell you he didn't really get into the game at all um i hope it's not a sign of things to come given he
0: absolutely destroyed hawthorne in the previous week so I'm not too sure, really. I'm I'm quite nervous. <laughs> yeah, very nervous. And why are we nervous, Pistol? Did we um did we do something untoward over the weekend, or we both actually traded Jaeger Umira
1: fourth Swallow, which was not something that um, I'd recommend in hindsight. But <laughs> it's, what's done is done, and maybe there'll be some news later in the week about Jaeger potentially being out for multiple weeks, which forced our hand but maybe not and then we just made a mistake so let's wait
0: and see everyone's a genius in hindsight and it's just it's not looking good early days but um it could be a learning curve it could be a genius uh masterstroke so we won't know until the next week or two have passed and the next game on the list is Adelaide versus Essendon, and as a Port fan, I actually um, chucked up a status during the Adelaide game, and it was difficult for me to do. I don't even think I was controlling my own hands, but I said Adelaide are a very good team this year, and that's an understatement. They are sensational looking, and look no further than their forward line. Are their forwards, Betts um, and Walker most notably, are they serious options this year, Pistol?
1: Uh, To answer your question, I don't think Walker or Betts are going to be legitimate options. Uh, However, they do have a really nice run until um, they're by, in which I I can see both of them being in the top 10 scoring forwards until they're by and then probably fade away at the end of the year. So if you do get them, you're probably not going to be burnt. For at least a while, Um, maybe not at all. But yeah, personally, I don't think I would go there and don't wouldn't trust them being in the top, you know, ten forwards.
0: Yeah, still very risky picks. Um, And then onto a couple of crows that aren't risky picks at all. Rory Sloan, who a lot of people overlooked this year due to his um, facial issues in the preseason, didn't play any of the JLT. Um, He's just absolutely tearing it up, and he's just he's sensational at Adelaide Oval. There's like it's, some players just have their grounds. He's good at every ground, but he's on another level at Adelaide Oval. He loves playing in front of that home crowd. And um, Rory Laird, it was good to see him bounce back after an ordinary performance last week. Um, and then moving on to some rookie options from the Crows. Otten was um, sensational as always. He's been like that for the last few weeks now, playing in that forward um, and chop out ruck role. And then we scroll all the way down the list and see Hampton. Um, are there warning signs for Hampton this early?
1: Oh, I'm not too sure. I, I don't think you have to worry just yet. Yeah, as previously mentioned, they do have a nice draw coming up, and I think Hampton will um, perform much better. But it's, it's going to be tough times ahead. Um, Hampton could be one of the first rookies chopped, I think, for, for most people.
0: Yeah, and it's definitely, um, it should be surprising to most considering his JLT form was so scintillating that we almost had to pick him. Um, well, we did have to pick him. You're crazy if you didn't. Um, and he just doesn't, Alton's already taken over in price and he started 40K cheaper. So um, it's been a pretty insane start for Hampton. Hopefully he picks it up though and hopefully he keeps his spot in the squad. Um, and on to the Essendon squad. I think I covered all those in the Adelaide team there, Pistol. Um, Zach Merritt most notably continues to put up amazing scores in thrashings is he a genuine top 10 midfielder option this year
1: uh, I think he is uh, I'm I'm all aboard on the, the, the Zeret train at the moment uh, he's such a fantastic kick of the ball and when you use it well you're generally going to score well and Essendon the way they play is they're a high possession team so he's always going to get a lot of the ball and as I said if you get a lot of the ball and you use it well you score well so it's as simple as that and I think he's going to be um yeah, super primo option in 2017. So, I wouldn't mind getting him if it came down to that. But given he has the round 13 bye, he's competing with a lot of other players for for that spot. I'm not sure you could go in with you know a fifth Pendlebury, Trelaw, Sloan, um, you know Merritt as well. It's just too many people from the same team, so from the same bye round. So Merritt for me is below those other options. Um, so I'd give give a pass, but. If you're not worried about that and you're just going for league, then certainly jump on
0: Zach Merritt. I reckon he may have overtaken Trelaw on the um, on the options, but you're right. There's definitely a lot ahead of him uh, that play in that buy, so it's very difficult to pick him up. Um, a couple of other players from the Eston squad, and that's McGrath, who played um, sensational. And if you started the year with him, um, you got that first round score, which was great, and then um, a few a few down games but he um, definitely repaid the faith this week and showed that he's still going to make bundles of cash. Um, those who started with Heppel and Joe Watson, just very, very, um, very, very disappointed after that game and licking their wounds going into next week. But um, definitely not danger signs too much, definitely too many danger signs, and I'll I'd, I'd keep holding them thinking they'll bounce back the week after. So um, no major concerns there, Pistol. Um, the next game is onto your squad Versus St Kilda Happy with their performance on the weekend?
1: Oh this was a bore fest, Man this game was so bad to watch um, Geez It wasn't even good from a fantasy perspective <laughs> Anyway so Yeah no, no good signs I guess Unless you we were St Kilda supporter Then there was probably a couple of good signs <laughs> Um, I think the biggest news was probably Jeremy Howe putting in a really solid 130. He's just unreal off the halfback. His intercept marking and um, ability to just defend well while also being an attacking threat is is amazing. So if you picked him well done, he's going to continue scoring, I think, as a a primo back option throughout the whole year. Um, Taylor Adams is another primo back option who continues to score unbelievably well. I mean, can't believe there's a defender that's going, you know, above 110 and it's possible that he may keep this up the whole season as well so that's that's unreal and Brodie Grundy again proving that he is in the top three ruck options this season um, with another 113 as well for him on the poorer Collingwood score sides I guess you could say it was poor for Scott Pendlebury to only score 94 however he did spend I think what was it 13 minutes on the bench in the third quarter 14 minutes sorry on the bench in the third quarter yeah, when rest. the game was on the line and if that means he's not injured then I don't know what Buckley's doing but maybe he was a bit sore from last week he did cop a heavy knock and then had, had to or maybe pulled up a bit sore in the game it's very strange usually you have your best players on the field when the game's to be won so let's hope that doesn't repeat and pop out another 120 score and all the way down the list you've got adam Trelaw scoring 72. how do you feel about that jb <sighs>
0: um i picked Trelaw this year uh remembering last year how he went how many rounds without dipping below the ton and then when he finally did it was a 90 score he was so consistently good and I have no idea what's happening this year. Watching the game, I don't know how he was scoring so well last year considering he he's just been butchering it. He's been kicking so bad. He's been playing um, average in the last two weeks. And like average by his own standards, he's still been good and he's still extracting the ball. Um, but he's just struggling to hit targets and it's difficult to watch, especially as an owner. So um, if I didn't own Trelaw, I'd definitely be licking my lips knowing that he's going to drop to a reasonable price soon. Um, as an owner, you you just have to tough it out for now. He will bounce back and he will average. He will end up averaging um, over 110 from here on in. Would you agree? Well, that's a big call given how poorly he has been kicking. No, I from think next week on. Go, I, th-
1: I think he'll go 105 plus. Um,
0: Is that however, for the season or from next uh, week uh, onward? No, from, from from this current week onwards, I think he'll go 105 plus. Oh. Um, I'm just
1: not entirely sure if he's going to get to that 110 given how poorly he has been kicking and he really has not been great in the last two weeks even though his stats look quite good um the impact on his game has been minimal so he really needs to work harder to to just hit those targets it's just such poor kicking and i think it's also a lack of um collingwood having a second key forward and just the targets up forward for him to kick too um, fingers crossed it turns around, because if Trelaw's scoring better, I mean, Collingwood's probably winning, so I prefer him to score better. Um, the other Collingwood player from the game that we should talk about is Will Hoskin-Elliot. He scored a 70, he popped up at the right time in the last quarter to kick a goal. He keeps doing that, actually. He keeps scoring right when um, goals are going to be worth more. How, how do you see Will Hoskin-Elliot as, like, when do you think he should be culled, or are you, are you considering it yet, J.B.?
0: No, not yet. I find him um, a similar, in a similar bracket to Marchbank, whereas they're just going to keep bundling up cash, um, scoring those 70-plus scores um, so we can still have them on the field. And then when they end up peaking, it still might not be time to trade them. Um, you could hold them through a couple of buys, knowing that they're going to score decently enough um, and then cull when you desperately need to. So um, they're your last upgrade options for me. Um, quickly jumping onto St Kilda, um, we're lagging and timing a little bit here. Um, so it was Rewalt, and still with the two notable ones um, scoring pretty much as expected. Rewalt just looks um, sensational. If you traded him out um, due to his two to six week injury, as he'd put it, um, you'd be really frustrated with the shocking timeline that he gave on it. Um, and moving ahead to the Brisbane Richmond game. Um, there wasn't a lot of relevant scores here. Um, Tom Rockliffe just went absolutely bananas. And if you were able to captain him, you definitely had a um, an increase in your rank this week. If you started with him, then you've um, you've got more guts than I do, that's for sure. Um, Stefan Martin, for those who traded him in over Brodie Grundy, were rewarded for week one. However, both of them will end up finishing um, around similar numbers considering their form. Um, and then Dane Beams, just another lowly-ish score. Um, he did end up with 90, which isn't too bad, especially for his price, but I expected him to be an uber premium for the entirety of the season. Is he a bit rusty, Pistol?
1: Yeah, I think he's just working into it. I think give given more time and we'll see some bigger numbers pop up. Um, just a poor game for Beams, but nothing that I'm worried about.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's good to hear. In On the Richmond side, um, if you have Cochin, which was uh, also very risky, he scored decently enough. And the Nank put up a 91, which is exactly what we traded him in for. Um, if you're missing those 100, 110 plus scores, then don't, because we didn't trade him in for that. We have him for cover and we have him for um, decent 85 plus scores. So... Um, a 91 is definitely a big tick in my eyes, and he's going to continue rising in price with it. Um, those who own Caddy are just, um, oh, geez, I feel bad. I feel bad for the Caddy owners out there, the ones that end up taking a punt. He's plummeting in cash, and um, one going in the other direction is Butler, who put in another decent score.
1: Butler's been a very good pick. He, at number 64 is a very good result for him, and if he can just keep popping out these 65s every week, he's going to end up surpassing... Or getting around that 300k mark which is exactly what you want from a rookie starting at a very cheap price um, caddy unfortunately is probably going to fall below 400k i'm not even sure i'd consider him a bargain given his scoring at the moment so i probably would stay away there's a couple more bad scorers though from richmond with rance only scoring 55 and dustin martin scoring 54 so both of those guys are going to plummet in price in the next couple of weeks
0: yeah, no doubt. And those who traded in Dustin Martin expecting the big 130s were disappointed in week one, especially considering they had Brisbane and they won by about 60 points. So um, just uh, confusing stuff for Martin. But I suppose those who didn't start the season with him due to his inconsistent play could be onto something a little bit. But I still expect him to bounce back hard and uh, score well for the rest of the season, no doubt. Um, and to the final game of the round that just concluded a few hours ago, and that is Hawthorne v Geelong, and almost a 100-point win for Geelong. Hawthorne fans, um, if there are any left, it's just, um, it's a place that they haven't been in, um, and a pain that they haven't experienced for a very, very long time, um, the scorers from Hawthorne were um, few and far between the good scorers, that is. Tom Mitchell only put out an 85, which was disappointing for those who owned him. Um, roughhead, would you like to speak about him, Pistol?
1: Yeah, Roughhead, I think, is probably someone that we, we need to talk about in depth. Um, he only put up a very average 53 this week. Now, his break-even is still achievable um, this week. I believe it's in the, the mid-70s still, so... He is likely to at least get it and not fall in price. I don't think anymore he's going to be that 90-plus um, keeper or even decent stepping stone that we expected Roughead to be. So if you do happen to have a handy 100K lying around, you could maybe upgrade him with a single trade. If you don't have that lying around, then you're probably forced to hold. Um, however... Give it a week, maybe give it two weeks and see how he scores. If he's going to pop out another, you know, 50, 60 score, it's probably time to go, unfortunately, for Roughhead.
0: Yeah, Um. before I talk a little more in-depth about him, just flicking through the Geelong scores, and that was Motlop had a blinder. Um, Selwood did exactly as expected. Tui bounced back after last week with a very, very nice score. Um, he was good all night, actually. He um, He was someone that they were looking to get the ball uh, into the hands of. Uh, Dangerfield, those who captained him, only put out a 90, which is just really disappointing, but it was just one of those rounds. And back onto Roughhead. Head. Um, so you don't think he can bounce back from this. Is there any point trading him this early, even if you do have that cash? Or are you waiting on a uh, full-on premium or just to go up to an Uber premium if you don't actually have the cash to do so? Um, If not, um, if you just stuck with him at his price and have very minimal breathing room, is there any options around him that you'd consider, Pistol?
1: No, there's not really anyone directly around him that I would consider. I think the cheapest player that's possibly going to be a a top primo option would be Higgins, who is likely to fall to around the 430k mark next week. Um, Other options do include um, Buddy. He's got a very high break even and he plays GWS this week. He does have a really easy um, draw opening up after that, which does include um, games such as Colton, Brisbane, North Melbourne, St Kilda, Hawthorne, and then the bye, all in a row, which I can see him scoring 100-plus in every one of those games. And he should fall to about maybe 450K, so within 100K of Ruffy, um, And that would be certainly a very good trade, but you'd, you'd have to wait for Buddy to fall. Um, otherwise, you're probably looking at maybe Elliot yo um who's only 90k more than Ruffy at this very very moment
0: jeez mm, we' we're, we're electing to go with yo are we that's that's interesting stuff <laughs> um no nah, but you're right it's um it, danger signs are definitely arising however he did score well last week if I owned Ruffy, which I don't um I'd be inclined to hold um he did score well last week as I as I just said um and he's He can do, he can score decently. Like he's shown this year, he's not going to average 90, so I wouldn't expect it. Um, And he's going to put in those poor performances, but I don't think he's desperately in need of a trade or an upgrade yet. I think you can still just bide um, your time with him and um, just see how he tracks. He could bounce out of the funk and start averaging 80 plus from now on out, and you could regret trading him. So especially to someone as, um, well, in my opinion, as risky as Elliot Yo. So um, that'd be my best advice on Ed And actually, that covers um, all underperforming premiums. You picked them for a reason. Um, unless you see a top 10, uh, a guaranteed top option around them, and you can guarantee that they're not going to finish in the top 10, I wouldn't implore trading any of your underperforming premiums, even if it is Hanabury.
1: Yeah, I think if you've you've bought them at the beginning of the season, you're probably holding them now. That includes Trelaw, That even includes Crips who... Um, had another poor 77, but has had two scores that are above 100. Um, I think you, you've got, you've picked them. You just hold them. It's it's early days still. There's a lot to to play. Um, you're probably also holding all your rookies that you started with, unless they're not getting any games. Then you're downgrading them. So um, unfortunately, there's not that much to talk about because you're probably not making upgrade downgrades this week already. It's a bit bit too soon.
0: Um, on that as well, uh, it's a good segue. I do just want to quickly talk about the main target this week, which is Balik from Fremantle. He did put together a good score um, last week. He scored before that was um, very very ordinary, but that'll drop out of his system in a week's time anyway. Um, break even of negative 38. He's set to make a lot of cash for us, Pistol. If you have an Eddie sitting in the forward line not getting a game, say he's not selected this coming week, would you consider that simple downgrade, even though Eddie's break even is still very, very achievable?
1: Yeah, I think Balic is actually a really good option after a seventy three, he's probably at least bought himself um a week or two long in the Fremantle side and if he keeps playing well they'll keep giving him games. And he's a very cheap rookie, as he's mid forward as well, so and only 123K, there's not much downside into getting him in. Um, Eddie is definitely on the trade table, as is, I think, Pickett for some owners as well, Look, as he doesn't look like he's going to make too much cash.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. And if either, if one of those and not the other are dropped this week, I'd actually um, recommend making that trade if you haven't already made more than four trades, which would be um, quite insane. you definitely need to start holding your trades. Um, And onto the last couple of um, notable rookies, Williamson for Carlton um, with a break-even of negative 53 and at 117k. And then finally Parsons for Geelong with a negative 59 break-even and the same price. Um, Are other of those in your considerations, Pistol?
1: Uh, Williamson looks okay. Um, He is a defender though. So we pretty much after getting Nick Newman don't need any more defenders and it's probably a tiny bit too early to cull someone like Hampton. Um, or Otten even, or McGrath, all of them, it's a bit too early. Maybe Stewart, you could you cull could a bit early if you needed the cash, but I think um, it's going to be a pass for most people. Uh, Parsons from Geelong, it was, he's playing quite well, except he did, I'd say, accidentally elbow Hodge in the face today and will probably be suspended, a, I'm going to guess, um, at least two weeks. So he's probably not going to be on the bubble next week, given his uh, impending suspension. <laughs>
0: That doesn't hurt us too bad though. It does um, it does allow our rookies to appreciate a little bit more cash um, before we trade him in if he is still a genuine option. Um, that's if he's allowed straight back into the side. Um, and that's pretty much our rookie recap. Um, to summarize, I think Balak is a, a very good option and one that you should be looking at if you haven't already burnt too many trades. Um, and then Williamson and Parsons. Um, Parsons, obviously, as we said, you probably can wait a couple of weeks for. Um, yeah, you can definitely. There's
1: there's other rookies as well. Um, Barry from Brisbane, but he hasn't looked fantastic um, at the moment. He's been scoring, you know, around thirty, so probably not going to make you any money. Maybe like a, a picket type situation. And there's also Hugh McCluggage, who has a really inflated price at two hundred and two k, and he's only averaging. Um, just under 50 so I don't think uh, he's going to make you any more than 40k so he's probably also not an option I would consider getting at this stage of the season
0: yeah those don't look very good at all so um, I think Balik <laughs> is the main option this week and um, one that people should be focusing on should their um, full rookies be not getting a game um, and as we move past the rookies, we're going to jump onto a little debate, and that's Swallow and Jago Omira. Um, if you have either of these, we'll start with Swallow. His break-even still down at twenty-four, um, priced at three hundred and nineteen k. If you had money to spend, would he be someone that you'd look to upgrade?
1: Oh, don't tempt me, JB. <laughs> uh, I do, I do like a trade, and uh, if you, if I had money in the bank, I would certainly be very tempted to trade him but given his extremely good performance against Hawthorne um, I do think the best is yet to come. Um, I think Swallows going to hopefully pop out a couple of big scores in a row. If he manages to score poorly again and back-to-back poor scores he's going to stagnate his price rises and probably not make enough money before his buy to worthwhile trading out so this is important games coming up for swallow and hopefully he can score um, really highly to at least give us the opportunity or option to trade him out when if we needed to um, so for me at the moment it's a strong hold on swallow but boy if you do have the money in the bank to trade him to a primo it will be tempting but I don't think that it's the right move to make
0: oh I'm surprised you ended up going with that option very sensible pistol Um, and Jager on the other hand it's more about um, not about if you need to trade him um, as he did average 30 disposals going coming into the last game where he had his first real stinker Um, if he misses this game however and if he's confirmed out for two weeks even which we we have no clue on it's um, merely speculation at this point would he be high on your trade target or do you uh, be more inclined to carry him over considering the lack of options around his price or even below his price that'll make too much cash.
1: Look, it said he missed the game due to a knock on the knee. So if he misses another game with a knee-based injury, it's just warning signs, bells ringing, everything saying, get him out of my team. The injuries are starting now. He's obviously hurt and he would be gone so quickly for Balik you wouldn't even say goodbye. Um, I think... If, he, if he's named, then, then you're fine. <laughs> um, play him and hold him. But, yeah, if, if he misses this week, definitely, for me, I would 100% just trade him out now.
0: Um, I'm going to quickly run us around the ground. Um, I'll stop at any real significant, um, any notable stats here. Uh, Brett Eddy scored three goals in the weekend, including two in the last quarter. Um, he was very clutch. And if Port are looking to go taller next week, which I can consider, I, I think, is an option. Um, he could definitely be in for a shout at selection table. Um, Mitch Hibbert, Hibbert, sorry, if you held him, got a head knock and would stretch it off. Um, Pistols, he's seen actually walking around after the game, though. He looked okay, I heard.
1: Yeah, he. I think he'll be okay, but he's probably not going to get a game this week. I think they might rest him. If it was a very bad concussion, so... Um, yeah, if you were holding Mitch Hibbert, hoping for a quick recall, uh, probably don't get your hopes up.
0: Yeah, so you probably need to hold um, unless you're going to go for a rookie that's going to uh, be on the bubble and that's going to pop soon. And then on to Aaron Black. He had 22 disposals and a goal. Um, he was a hot favourite in the pre-season. Do you think he's an options to come back for Geelong, even though they just thrashed Hawthorne? Yeah, he had a very
1: good game So it's possible that he might come in for someone like Parsons Who's probably going out with suspension There'll probably be another slot um, opening up I think um, Manajel is also going to get suspended with the sling tackle on Hodge Um, Obviously we don't know yet because nothing's confirmed But they both were suspended during the game And both incidents did look quite bad Um, So I think that there is actually quite a strong chance That Black might make a debut for Cats soon
0: Yes, and then hopefully he does hold that position, scores decently enough, and provides a good bubble option for the Butler owners who will be um, peaking around that time. Um, On to a couple of Melbourne boys. Cam Pedersen was able to pick up 29 disposals and a goal. Um, Michael Hibbert, 25 disposals, returning from that Achilles injury that he had. Um, does this look like danger signs for Hannon? Because Trengrove, uh and also Brayshaw um, did have great games in the seconds as well
1: yeah Hannon couldn't find his way out I think Pedersen had 29 disposals so he's probably going to get a gig um, sometime soon they might restructure their team a little bit and Michael Hibbert as well is going to come back into their side so uh, they'll probably play around with their team a little bit and might be seeing the end of Hannon uh, as a rookie option shortly not the end of Hannon as a person (laughs) to make that
0: clear (laughs) yeah Um, And lastly, we'll jump onto the Brisbane Lions. Hanley, Hanley for the Gold Coast Suns, hurt his ankle and was seen in a moon boot afterwards. And then onto the Brisbane Lions. Alan Christensen had 24 disposals and a goal. And probably the best bit of news that we'll receive was Barrett killed it with 30 disposals, 12 marks, 2 goals, 2 behinds, and how many Dream Team points, Pistol? 151
1: Dream Team points for Barrett.
0: Insane. So hopefully he can find his way back into the squad this week. Um, do you like his chances or maybe not?
1: Well, to be honest, I think Christensen gets first choice at coming into that squad. So there were a lot of really good performance in that four match. Um, I think Ryan Harwood also played forward a bit and scored uh, three goals with 28 touches. So there's quite a few people fighting for spots at Brisbane. I think you might find Barry. Uh, is probably going to get dropped and possibly even McCluggage as as well. Um, I think Barrett will be in and out the side throughout the whole season. Hopefully, he can play really well when he gets in and he can stay because his break-even is quite good in the negatives and he's got a lot more money to make and I really don't want to have to trade him so soon.
0: (laughs) I don't think anybody really does. Um, That pretty much does us for around the grounds. Um, Some definitely notable performances and hopefully our rookies all find their way onto the selection table this week um that'll pretty much do us for this one pistol thanks for joining me mate
1: no worries thanks for having me if you enjoyed the podcast uh feel free to donate to our council council link and leave us a review on itunes as well
0: hey i was going to get to that um yes find us on itunes leave us a review please um we're on soundcloud we read all the comments on there so chuck one down um noting that pistol needs to be swapped out of the podcast And on Facebook, go to our post and leave us a message. Um, Also see in the comments this Supercoach Championship rings. And that'll sign us off Pistol until next week, buddy. All right,
1: cheers. Thanks for
0: having me. Everyone get in, Elliot,